Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. And another thing I wanted to do before I like uh, dive into my message, guys, is this Friday is Good Friday, and we do not have a Good Friday service, okay? And uh, some of you really like Good Friday services, and that's okay, but we do not have one. And the big idea is, and here's a hope, just an elder's hope for you guys, take this Friday and still do something, whether it's parents with kids or friends, or a small group, or whatever. Do something. Sit down with someone and share the story of what Jesus has done for us. Do that. Um, Sometimes we have a tendency to all want to do it here or be here. And uh, you're the church. You have neighbors that need to hear about Jesus. You have friends that need to come to your get-together and say, hey, Look, come over, we're going to eat hamburgers and hot dogs and have a good time, but for five minutes we're going to talk about who Jesus is to us and what Good Friday means to us. So I challenge you, I encourage you, I put that a little bit on you, do something this Friday. Do something as a church, do something. Um, All right, so let's jump into this. Take your Bible and turn to Luke. It's from the reading plan. I quickly read through some of the stuff yesterday and said, Lord, (laughs) What do you want me to preach on? And this is what I believe he has given me. So turn your Bible to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to dig in with uh, 1 through 12. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Um, I thank you first for healing Rich and uh, helping him get feeling better. Um, But Lord, I thank you, God, that uh, you're, you're faithful. And you know, Lord, I, I talked to you yesterday and I asked the same, same prayer for this service that I did yesterday when I went and sought you. Give us a word. Give us something. Let us receive something from your mouth, not mine, from you, from your heart. Speak, Jesus. Speak, Jesus. Holy Spirit, uh, prepare the hearts of everyone in this room. Help our ears to be attentive to what we need to hear. Father, have your way here at Cobblestone. Do what you do, move. Lord Jesus, take my mouth and make it yours. Whatever you want to say, let me say it. Help these folks, help us all to hear what you are saying. In your name, amen. All right. All right, Luke 24, 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week... At early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. All right. They is a group of ladies. This is after Jesus has been beat up, crucified, taken down, put into a tomb, rock put in front of it, Sabbath day. So here we are on the first day of the week. Okay? This technically is is Resurrection Sunday. So this is where we're at, too. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. As they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. 
Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. Underline this if you underline it in your Bible. This will make sense or at least make note of it. I'll say it again. Remember how he told you, these are the angels, while he was still in Galilee. Verse 7, then that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified on the third day and rise. Eight, make a note of this. And they, the ladies, remembered his words. They remembered, the angels said, hey, listen, didn't he say this to you? These ladies hear it from the angels and they remember, oh yeah, there was something about him resurrecting on the third day. And they remembered his words. Nine, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. So here it is, this group of ladies. Now they're going back and the 11 is, is the 12 disciples. No, remember Judas betrayed Jesus. Judas committed suicide and Judas is no longer part of the 12. That's why it numbers 11. So the, they're like, we're gonna go back and tell the 11 what we just found, who we just talked to and what, what's going on, okay? Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. I want us to pause right there. I want us to gravitate to what we're really talking about here. These ladies hear, hear the message. They believe. These ladies take this, this reality that the resurrected Messiah is up and at the tomb is empty. Angels talk to us. They're taking this message back to Jesus' closest friends, Jesus' most influential servants, right? The apostles, the 12 disciples, the 11 disciples at this time. He, the, the, and and what, do, what, do they, what are they greeted with? What, are they, what, what do they find? And that's what I really want today, the, the wait to be on verse 11. But these words, the words of the ladies, the testimony of the women, But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. An idle tale is also another reference would be nonsense, crazy talk, stupid. Now, I just want to put a little conversation on this. How do you get to verse 11 in a week? This is not normal, guys. These aren't even you and me. Remember, remember who the 11 are. Remember that, 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 that these are the guys that walked with Jesus. These are the guys that left everything and have seen things, right? Listen, they witnessed storms obeying Jesus. They witnessed demons begging for mercy. They, they saw dead people raised, didn't they? They saw countless miracles and supernatural events. You recall this in the gospel? They themselves saw sick healed at their hands and demons come out with their prayers. You remember that? We're amazed that that, the demons obeyed us and miracles were done. This is not a normal group of people. This is a group of people for three years who have walked, talked, sit, hung out with Jesus. They saw the ministry of Jesus. They saw supernatural upon supernatural, radical teaching, power, to the highest level. I wanted to put that into your brain because it's, to me, it it also shows us how human they are and how human we are. 
okay? Because they lived like that. They saw all that. They, they even were preached this by Jesus. But when the ladies came and said, hey, listen, this has happened, they say it's an idle tale. It's nonsense. And they sit there. I just think to myself, what happened? How'd they get there? How'd they get so bound in unbelief? How'd they get so doubtful and doom and gloom and death and despair had just overcame them? Death and despair had overcame them. And really, I put this, and I'm gonna use this term a little bit, but they have, they have a dead Jesus. They have a dead Jesus, and that's a big problem. They don't have any faith or hope. Now, I wanna push on you, and let, this is the big idea here, is get you to say to yourself, what about me? Where do I doubt? Listen, we all have a tendency to be to be just like these guys in so many ways, don't we? Just so many ways. Doubt is natural. Faith is supernatural. So you and I are naturally doubters. I told first service, I have a, if you know me, I have a tendency to be an encourager um, and an optimistic. I look to the upside. This water bottle's half full, right, for Jeremiah. Some of you guys, no, it's, not, it's half empty. Well, let me make you right. Anyways, doubt is not a fruit of the Spirit. It's not. And, 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 and these guys are just, we just have a tendency just to sit in our doubt and sit in our, well, it's over. It's done. We don't want, we have a tendency to walk in this way. Is there an area in your life right now, Christian? I'm gonna talk to you, Christians. Is there an area right now in your life that you're like this? That that you won't listen to anyone or anything. I want you to really take this home. The ladies saw, the ladies knew, the ladies came and, and there's something to it. I get all the women would be like, yeah, we tend to know and we tend to see and we tend to tell you guys and you just don't listen, right? And that's true in some cases. Some cases, Heather, some cases. <laughs> um. But, but, but I think to myself, I'm like, they sat there and they said, this is an idle tale. This is not a, this is not a thing. And, and, I, and I, I want to bring this to our Christianity. So often you are in church circles, Christian circles, and someone will come to you and they'll say, my marriage changed when I started obeying scripture, right? Wives say, well, I actually started looking through that, how a wife wins a lost husband and I started obeying that. I start, I, my, my finances changed when I started handling my money like, like the Bible tells me to. My singleness, I actually found somebody that's going to be right for me, right? Because I started using the Bible to, to, as a measuring stick for who I'm going to marry, right? People come to you and me testifying of truth, of power, of breakthrough, of supernatural things, of empty tomb type talk. Don't they? Don't you have this? I have this. And the doubter, the person that lives in the spirit of doubt, sits back just like that the guys did, the 11 did. And they sit back and they're like, this is a fairy tale. Not my marriage, not my money, not my situation, not my mind, not my friends. Is that you? Are we, do you live like that? Do you, do you default to doubt? 
Do you default to, God can't change this. I've heard a lot of people in the church, a lot of people love me and they tell me if I do this, this and this, follow the Lord, trust and pray and see things will change. But nah, it's a fairy tale. And you sit in that and you just stand in that and you're just like, nope, no hope, it's over. It's over. I, I, I would say to you, you have a dead Jesus mentality. You have a dead Jesus mentality. Now the cool, good, the good news for you is you're in good company, right? These 11, these, these guys saw it all, walked with him, and, and, and well, nine of them had a dead Jesus mentality too. They didn't want to make any effort. So, all right. I want you to look at 24, or I'm sorry, yeah, Luke 24, 12. Take a look at this with me. Okay? I'm gonna read 11 again, but get into 12. These words seemed to them an idle tale, they did not believe them, okay? But in other versions, it says, however, however, Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. John 20 saw, says that John also went with Peter. So John and Peter, John runs faster than Peter. They get to the tomb. They had to go see it. So, so what happens when, when we're sitting in hard, doubtful circumstances? There are some that just stand in the doubt. You sit in the doubt and you say, no way, idle tales, fairy tales, the things of God, nothing can change. But there's some, there's some of us that have a Peter and John mentality. And when we hear that there's possible supernatural power or something radical happened, or there's hope beyond measure, you, you, you do what they do. And yet you rise up and you run to the tomb. Do you not? And you, you say, uh-uh, I got to see it for myself. Okay, ladies, fair enough. I got to see it for myself. It's not the best attitude but it's better than sitting, doing nothing, sitting in your doubt and your unbelief and saying, no hope for me, no hope for this situation. Isn't it? So, so how do you approach this? How do you approach? I mean, you take this home. Don't just listen to me preach. How are you living your Christianity? What is Jesus doing in you and through you and for you? Are you a riser and a runner? I gotta go. I gotta see, I search, I ask, I study, I know for myself. If someone was on the brink of divorce and they started working through the things that the Bible would tell them to work through and they started trusting Jesus and submitting the way the Bible tells both sides to submit and they started walking that out and they're testifying five years down the road, God saved our marriage. Do you, Run to that, or do you sit and say, nah? If someone's telling you, I used to be depressed beyond measure, but I met Jesus and I'm trusting him, and now I'm reading these scriptures and I'm praying these ways, and the Lord has set my mind free. He's given me hope. He's given me direction. I can hear him. I'm not bound by porn. I'm not bound by depression. I'm not bound by these things that are so heavy that it were crippling. Do you hear that person and say, I got to see for myself. I got to rise and go see for myself. Do you do that? Or do you sit and say, nah, no, no, dead Jesus mentality. Dead Jesus mentality is, is plaguing us all the time. I, oh, he can't change my circumstance. He won't move for me. 
He may do it for you, but not for me. Help us, Jesus, to get rid of that. Help us to rise and because it does take some, some effort. It really does. In many cases, the breakthroughs that God has for you, it's gonna take you getting up and going, connecting, searching, seeking, studying, praying, receiving, worshiping, declaring, right? I mean, you heard Tim say it, and he's an elder. He's talking fear had a problem in Tim's mind. Not for me. He doubted. And, and why wouldn't Jesus want to set Tim free? Why wouldn't Jesus? Why? Well, we have a tendency to do this on every level, in every circumstance, all the way to our health, to our finances, to our walks. You know, it's just the way it's going to be for me. But have you tried? Don't get me wrong. I know life's hard and I know there's suffering and I know that it's not a health, wealth, prosperity walk. I get that. But sometimes you just automatically go to default. God can't change this. God's not real. God didn't do something. How are you handling the areas of unbelief and doubt in your life? Are you sitting in it or are you pushing back on it? How am I handling the areas that I struggle with? Maybe God, does God really want to heal me? Does God really want to show up in my life? Does God really want to change my kids? How am I handling, am I studying, am I seeking, am I going? All right, all right. Really look, guys, and be honest. Look, if you're single, how are you handling your singleness? Do you believe the Lord can lead you to the right person or do you settle in for Joe Schmo? right? And I say a lot about marriage because marriage is big and near and dear to my heart because I am married and I love marriage and Jesus loves marriage and he's designed it and, and it, there's a plan and, and it is tough and it sanctifies us and works on us. But, but are, is your marriage godly? Is it right? Are you submitting and following, serving? And I, I'm big into money because I'm a businessman, right? I have to think about money. My kids, my, my peace, my hope, church hurt, community, See, the doubt starts sinking everywhere. You start to find out around every corner and under every rock. Uh, you know, I got hurt by that church, so I'm done. You know how many people I deal with like that? A lot. I got hurt by some pastor, by some church. So that means all churches are bad. That's you sitting in your doubt. That's you just stand. That's a, that's a dead Jesus mentality as if Jesus doesn't have a fellowship for you, a community for you, a place and a purpose for you to grow and thrive and be productive in the body that Jesus has for you. He has that for you. Even as I say it, some of you are like, no, nah, I don't know, maybe that. Come on. I get it. We're prone to doubt. We're prone to unbelief. All right. Now take a look at Luke 24, 33. Just a little bit over. I skipped the road of Emmaus and a lot of that because Rich still may preach on it. That's what he wanted to preach on. So I didn't want to just preach all sorts of crazy about it. And then Rich is like, you preached it all wrong. No. <laughs> he wouldn't be like that. Um, but look over here at uh, verse 33, 24, 33. Now, and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Talking about the guys uh, they were going back after they had their little encounter with God, the road on Emmaus counter. And they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed. There it is. The Lord has risen indeed. Now they're saying it. Still struggling believing it, but they're saying it at least. And, and, and here's an interesting thing. Saying the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon, Peter, 
the guy got up and ran to see it. Yes, we know that there was denial and some work that Jesus and Simon had to work out. But I think, I think it's safe to say that Jesus honored the rising and the running and Peter's, now something's happening. And so then it's interesting that, I don't quite understand it all. It's interesting how if Simon comes and tells the guys that he's risen, the guys believe it, but didn't believe the ladies. Might be something there. I'm not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna touch it. <laughs> Might be some pride there, fellas. Might be like, hmm, oh, well, if Simon says it now, it's true, you know. What do you girls know? That's how I think they talk when they're, when they're like that. Anyways, never mind. Saying the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, 36, as they were talking about these things, this is so cool. They come in, they're all talking. Peter's, I mean, hey guys, no, he's risen. As they're talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Man, oh, when Jesus shows up, it's on. 37, but they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? So the, the ladies testified to it. Peter's testifying to it. They're all, the, road, the guys on the road of Emmaus come back and say it. And they're seeing Jesus in the flesh in front of them. And guess what they're doing? Still doubting. So, hey, do you have this problem? Do I have this problem? You bet we do. This is, this is about as radical as it gets and they're doubting. So, so be, be, be encouraged that doubt's a big part of overcoming to get to see the things of God. So, and he, I just love what he says. Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see and I have. Love that about Jesus. Touch it. Feel it, see it. And when they had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and, and were marveling, even that, guys, look at that, 41, under, I underline that. While they still disbelieved, he showed them the, his scars. He showed them, they still disbelieved. The level of disbelief just blew my mind. And I thought, boy, Lord, if they had this problem, we must really have a, a disbelief problem. Help us with this. Help us, Lord. My hands, my feet, that it is I myself touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? I like that. I think, that, I think we could preach that. I think we should stand on that. Sometimes you just gotta eat, all right? Sometimes spiritual things, we just need to sit and eat and that'll work it out. But uh, no, he was showing them that he's a human. He's, he's, he's in his flesh. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Okay? Guys, listen, it's, 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 it was their struggle. It's your struggle. It's my struggle. It happens on the regular. We disbelieve. Even today, think about it. When I say, listen, church, Christians in here, Jesus Christ is resurrected. He is alive. He is alive. He is at the right hand of the Father. He is in his body. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. You and I will resurrect because he did. 
When I say these things, can you really fathom instantly? Tell me the truth. Tell me doubt. Well, that just sounds like a fairy tale. It does. It does sound a little bit like nonsense. But I told first service, and I stand on it. This, if, if what I'm saying, guys, I hear him. He's alive. He talks to me. Okay, he doesn't talk to me audibly. Don't get weird. I don't, you know, like, oh, hey, Jeremiah, he hears God. Yeah, I do hear God because my people know my voice, the scripture said. And, I hear, and of course, I have the Holy Spirit side, as you do, Christian, and he, he talks to me that way. And he leads us, and he guides us, and we know he exists. We know he's alive. We tell you, we testify of these things. So it's either, he, so one of two things, either he didn't resurrect and I'm insane. <laughs> There's a chance that could be some. Andrew, amen at first service. I have a little bit of insanity, but, but and, and so are you. Or he is who he says he is and he is resurrected and he does want relationship with you. He does want to talk. He does want you to overcome your doubt and fear and worry. He does want to have, give you good things. He does. He wants to talk and help you and listen to you and, and work it out. Amen? All right, so I set the table. There is some, some reality that doubt is a problem. Unbelief is a problem. We see it in scripture. I'm sure you see it in your heart. I see it in my heart. We have this problem. Here's a couple thoughts that might help us fight our doubt, work through our doubt, whatever. Look at Acts chapter 3, 19 and 20. These are things that I think help me and I think would help you if you understand or at least do and pray and think about, meditate on. Acts three nineteen. Peter preaching to some non-believers about getting saved. And he gets down to 19 and he says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Salvation, right? 20, that times of refreshing, notice, notice this, plural, not time, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. I want you to understand that I believe that there are places in our walks where times of refreshing come. And most of us seasoned Christians know what I'm talking about. If you're newer to it, you may not. There is a place sometimes when you're really fatigued, really broken down and really doubtful, but you're seeking him and you're hanging in there and you're like, God, I am broken. There is moments where times of refreshing will flood on you. Jesus will give you an encouraging word. He will lead you to a scripture, maybe a song, maybe a moment, maybe a group, but God will find a way to minister, to refresh your faith, to strengthen you, to walk with you, to let you know, I see you and I got you and I'm providing for you, trust me. Times of refreshing are needed because it's a hard walk down here. Amen? Times of refreshing. So I ask for that. Pray for that. Lord, give me more refreshing. Refresh my spirit. Refresh my faith. Refresh my devotion. Refresh me today. Refresh me tomorrow. Lord Jesus, times of refreshing we must seek and want and desire. 1 Peter 5, 6. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. This is, I, I read 5 a lot because uh, I'm an elder and I just think it's good and wise and I'm always asking the Lord, Lord, please let me be like this. But uh, Go down to six, and I also read this a lot. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. I, I'm telling you, if I could pick probably a, a, maybe four or five things that need to be preached on a regular basis is humbleness. The pride that gets in our heart 
The best Christian, the pride that we disguise as sometimes discernment. The pride that we disguise sometimes as, as, as well, you know, I'm just, I have some things figured out. It's pride. So often, yes, you have to discern. Yes, there are things in people and situations to be cautious of. But I had a, a thing Heather and I listened to yesterday. Um, somebody in my family said, hey, check this out. My aunt, check this out. And it was from, a, from some people in a camp that I'm kind of, a spiritual camp that I'm kind of like, mm, I don't really want to. But I remember hearing the voice of the Lord inside of me. Be careful of pride. Be careful of pride. Be careful of spiritual pride. Be careful that you think you know everything. And your, your denominational understanding is, is perfect. You got it all figured out. Be careful. It's quickly we slide right into pride. I won't receive because I got these gifts. Those people, I got this understanding. Careful. Careful. Humbleness, guys. And so Heather and I listened to it. And I remember in my own heart, 100%, I was so, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to receive from this. And I just remember thinking that's worse than the word. The word was fine. But what was worse is the attitude I had thinking that who am I? I don't want to receive. I don't want to even give this a chance. That's scary. And we're guilty of that. I don't even want to give it a chance. I don't even want to give this, this a chance. I talked to a wonderful couple first service and, and God's been doing a wonderful work in their life. And they said, they said, you know, they've been a part of cobblestone kind of transitioning to be frank with you, um, where, we, where we are uh, more charismatic, if, if I'm honest. We're not deep, crazy charismatic, I don't think. Um, but we do believe that the, we're continuous, right? We believe these gifts are for today. And they literally said, this has been a little bit tricky, but we don't want to miss out on God. We don't want to miss out on something. And, they, and, and, and that's humbleness, right? Caution? Yes. Jeremiah would 100%. I could talk to you for hours about being careful, especially in that camp, head in that direction. But careful with the pride. Humble yourselves. Notice how it says, humble yourselves. Are you humbling yourself? Do this often. Do this regular. Do this in your prayer time. Do this at church. Do this with your conversations. Do this at home with your spouse. Are you humbling yourselves? Because if you aren't, you're risking God humbling you. You're risking God, his word, he resists the proud. He resists the proud. And here's the humble. So many answered prayers would happen if people would just get on their face and say, I've been prideful, I've been stuck in my ways, and I need to ask God to forgive me. So much could happen if we would just understand, grasp, wrestle with, and receive what being a humble Christian looks like. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. All right, I'm getting a little too fiery, aren't I? Like, cool it, Jeremiah. Jeez, I get it. Um, God, so that at proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Isn't that beautiful? Casting all, not some, not the ones you think he can handle. All, all of them. And I do this all the time because I have a lot of anxieties. You have a lot of anxieties. That's a big God who can handle a lot of trouble. And he wants them. He cares for you. He wants to minister in and through these areas. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. There is, an, there is, a, there is a, a responsibility believer in here. Be sober-minded. If you've ever been intoxicated-minded, you know what sober-minded means, right? Sober-minded, aware, awake, focused, determined. Be watchful. Your adversary. You do have an adversary. I do too. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This is interesting to me because really 
Is he trying to make you not saved? He doesn't have that power. I mean, let's just be honest. What's he doing? What's he working on? I believe he's working in your doubt. So often he's working in your unbelief. He knows if he can get get you to not trust, not believe, not walk in those things, he knows that he can devour something in your life. I do. And you're in a war, and I'm in a war. So do, listen to this. Okay, what do you do with him? Resist him. Resist him. Resist him. Some of you right now are hearing thoughts that in your day-to-day that you're worthless. God doesn't love you. Your life will never change. There's no hope for you. That addiction's gonna continue. You hear that, and that's the devil, and you gotta say, that's not the voice of God, so resist him. Resist it. Don't receive it. Don't play with it. Don't entertain it. Resist it. Recognize, this is maturing Christians. As you get mature, you you can discern good and evil. You gotta be able to grow and to recognize what's you, what's God, and what's the devil. Because sometimes we mix that all up. And there are people that say, oh, God spoke to me and that was you. And then there are people that say, well, that that, that was the devil. And that was God that you said, talking to you. And you said, well, that's, that's kind of, maybe that's demonic. You gotta grow in that. Test those things. Understand, God does want to teach you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to help you resist the enemy of your soul. He does, and he is. He's faithful. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We're in this together. We're all in this fight. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to eternal glory in Christ. Now, this is beautiful. You go through some stuff, amen? We go through some stuff. It's part of our walk. It's tough sometimes. It's part of it. We have doubt, we have struggles, and God's faithful. And just like he came and showed himself to those guys, and he actually gave them, he said, look, here's my hands, here's my feet, I'm in the flesh. He revealed himself in that way to them. Here's what he wants to do to you. That called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Restore. I mean, some of you are in a place where God's not, he doesn't want you there. He wants to move you to the place that you used to be. Maybe peace, maybe victory, maybe hope. He he can restore you. He does this. Confirm, knowing who you are in him, knowing the call on your life, knowing the purposes of God, knowing that, that you're doing his work and will. Confirm. Amen? Strengthen. The opposite of strengthen is weakening. We need strengthened. Jesus does this. Jesus strengthens you. Hanging out with Jesus, you get stronger. It's just the truth. And establish you. And establish you. You're mine. I'm yours. You can do this. And you can make it to the end. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that cool? This is what God wants to do. That's some takeaway. These are some ways to fight these doubts and these, these, our natural humanity that's just like, oh man, nah, not my life. He won't affect me. Push back, fight back. Let the, let the doubt go, okay? You know, the couple things I would like to challenge you for this week. This is Holy Week, right? Holy Week, it's a, it's, it's a good thing to celebrate. It's tradition, maybe some religion, but we love Jesus. And let's make this week I think we should live Holy Week mentality every week, but I think this week I would like to put a couple things on you. Um, I would ask you, encourage you to pray some more like this. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, 
Search me, O God, and know my heart. Stop telling God where you're at and let God tell you where, where you're at. Let him. I mean, that's a real prayer. That's in the spirit of humility and in the spirit of doubting. And you just start to say, Lord, all right, I'm a big boy. Shoot me straight. What do I need to work on? It's a bold prayer. <laughs> Shoot me straight. I need it because I don't want to live in delusion and I don't want to live in deception and I don't want to live in the devil thinking, I don't. I want, shoot me straight. What do I need to change? What do you want to submit? What do we, what, where do you want me to go do this? What, what do you want from me, Lord? I'm listening. I'm yours. It's a beautiful prayer and he will honor it and he will move in it. Search me, oh God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. 24, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, that's his desire to lead you to the way everlasting. Let him in your doubt. Let him in your problems. Let him in your Tuesday and your Wednesday. My, one of my favorite things to do is understanding my purpose as an elder is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And what I'm really feeling driven towards is helping you guys be effective in your week. This is great that you come here. It's great that you give here. It's great that you attend here and connect here. But that's not scripture as far as what I want. I want, and, and, and the elders, we want you to be equipped. We want you to be the light. We want you to be the, the body of Christ out there. And that scares some of you. Like, oh, that doesn't mean you gotta be like me. You see, you're thinking wrong. You gotta be you. And you got to trust the Lord. And he wants to engage you in your week and challenge you. And if you start this, it, he will, he'll honor it. If you start praying over your workplace, if you start praying over the people around you, instead of judging them, tearing them down and being like, doubt, here we go. They'll never change. A person of faith says, I'm going to pray for change. Nothing's going to change. Oh yeah? Why don't we, why don't we start praying to a resurrected savior? Because one thing I know about him is everything can change. He says what's impossible with man is possible with him. So if we start to think and pray and stare at God and say, he's, he's resurrected. He, he's, in the, he's in his body. He showed them. That changes the way you pray. That changes the way you think. That changes the way you work. That changes the way you love people. Remember, he's alive. He's alive. This week, think like this. So because he's alive, what do I do to my workplace friends. How do I reach them, Jesus? I don't even like these people. How, help me to start liking them and loving them. That might be a first start prayer and that's okay, right? We got to bring him into doubt. Bring him into the ugly. Bring him into the hurt. Bring him into that. I hate my boss. And God's like, good, pray for him, right? Ooh, I had a truck um, sell. <laughs> Wives are amazing. I was gonna take it down off the internet. Heather says last week, she says, leave it on. Leave it on Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, who's not gonna sell? She said, leave it on. So I left it on. And long story short, it sold. But it sold to a guy that's close to us. And, and, and I tell you this story, not to make myself, I don't want you to look at me. I just want you to be, I want you to realize that God's setting the table for you and me to be light, salt, and witness out there. So this guy, he buys me this truck, gives me what I wanted, praise God. And then he texts me the next day and says, the Pittman arm in the front end's bad. Because I told him I thought it needed aligned. And he's like, no, the Pittman arm's bad and I gotta get it replaced. And I remember just thinking, sucks to be you. But no, no. <laughs> <laughs> gotta crucify the flesh. But I did. I kind of had that. 
And I thought, no, 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 no. I got it. This guy's, I got I got What would Jesus really want me to do in this situation? So I said, hey man, how about I, how about I pay half of it? He said, well, I'm not asking for that. I'm not arguing about that. I said, and I said, I'll just cover half of the bill. Just, and he told me the shop it's going to be in, it's local, and I'll go deal with it. Um, and he says, well, most sellers don't do this. And I remember I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little scripture on this guy. He's not even going to know it. And, uh, and I, put, I said, well, I like to treat people like I want to be treated. You know, Jesus says that, right? And I just, this is what I'm trying to say. So often in our lives, there are situations that we're, we're understanding and thinking that they're bad. But actually, it's God setting the table so he can be seen through you if you do the godly thing instead of the fleshly thing. If you respond in love and grace and mercy and do the scripture, you will see the changes of God in your day-to-day, in your life out there. You got to get that. That is huge. I prayed another one. I've been waiting on this one. I, gotta, I know we got time, but um, I, I, David and Andrew know this. I've been wanting to preach this one forever. But I also started praying, Lord, help me to love my neighbors. We got, I got some of my neighbors in there. Saltwell people, Brad and Kelly. But you're not the, you're not the neighbors. I, I love you, God. <laughs> I like, let's pray for them. No, they live on our street. And, and, and Brad will know this story. And, and so uh, we had a guy get evicted up on our other street. And this guy gets evicted. And I started literally a year ago, I started, Lord, help me to have a better relationship with my neighbors. Saltwell Road, we, we're, we're distant from each other. It's hard sometimes. We're country livers. We like to be by ourselves. And that's part of the game. But I'm also like, Lord, I do know I need to be a witness to my neighbors. And this guy across the street, he's always revving up his bike and he's got a bunch of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, this other guy gets evicted, right? This other guy gets evicted and then moves all of his junk down in front of my house on the cross of my mailboxes. And it's just stacks of junk. And I hate clutter and junk. And uh, I remember thinking, Oh, dang, this is, it really bothered me. We were on vacation and our neighbor's like, this is bad. And I'm like, so we come back, my piece is all destroyed and everything. And the other guy they evicted, here it is. And so as I'm like, oh, this is horrible. This is the worst for me. Because some of it was on my land. Some of it was on another guy's land. So I'm walking up or driving my little side-by-side up, go talk to my neighbors. And as I'm going up to talk to my neighbors, um, I hear the voice of the Lord say, you prayed that you would have a better relationship with your neighbors. And I'm like, I should have prayed no junk on my property, (laughs) right? The point I'm making sometimes, listen to this. Sometimes you get junk on your property so that you do the thing God's been, that you've been asking God to help you with. I mean it. Sometimes the wreck, the the, the tragedy, the the, the situation that you're like, oh, I don't, God's just like, I'm giving you opportunity. I'm giving you a place and space to be like me. But I don't, I still don't like the mess, Right? I still do. I said, let's get this cleaned up. But, but I think that's, that's huge. And I think that's, I got way off tangent, but that is, that's, that's what we need to do. All right. So this week, here's a few prayers. A worship team, you can come. We'll close this down. I have a few things that just kind of reiterated this message that I would really like you to write down, maybe pray through if you're one of those types of people, or at least make a mental, do- mental note. First off, Jesus is alive. Amen. It changes everything, changes all things. Uh, praying to a live Savior, <laughs> ask yourself, when I pray, how I pray, what I'm praying, am I praying to a live Savior? Or do I view him as dead? That's huge. Just think on that. Um, 
then pray this or put this on your list. Help me to really believe and not sit in my unbelief. It's too easy to sit in our unbelief. Unbelief can be very comfortable. Doubt can be very comfortable. I also would would challenge you with this. Help me to run towards my questions, doubts, and unbelief, not ignore it or stay in it. Ask yourself that big question. Am I running towards the things that I'm like, or am I just saying, no, I'm not even gonna make any effort? Rise and run, rise and run, okay? This one, I'm gonna have us all pray together as soon as I get some awesome music behind me. (laughs) Um, This one, uh, refresh. It's a big part of what Sunday morning should be and is refresh. We wanna refresh you. We want you to feel refreshed. We want you to feel lifted and, and encouraged and challenged motivated. The Lord wants you to feel that. So if you guys just close your eyes with me and, and just, just really, really, I don't do this a lot. I don't ask for this a lot, but I'm going to ask you to pray out loud. Mumble it if you have to, but I'm going to ask you to pray, Lord, refresh my faith and trust. Let me hear it. Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> Lord, refresh my faith and my trust. One more time. Faith and trust. And then say this with me or pray this with me. Lord, help me to grasp your alive. Lord, help me to grasp your alive. Thank you, guys. Um, and then the last thing is just pray as Jesus came close to his, his disciples. Jesus wants to come close to you. Wherever you are, Whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on, I can assure you he's like this. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to hear your problems. He wants to help you, minister to you. Just seek him this week. Ask him, be close to me, Jesus. I am a doubter and I need to touch your hand. Pray that. Don't be afraid of that prayer. There are doubters in this room. It's okay. But be honest with him. Lord, I'm a doubter and I need to touch your hand and see your feet because I need that. Will you show me? Will you show me? Will you show me? All right. If you need prayer, we're going to have prayer teams. And if you got to get your kids, I think it's probably, it's 12, so time to get those kids. But let me pray a blessing on you. I'll be up here. If you need prayer to talk, we're here. Father, I thank you that uh, we get to celebrate the resurrection week. I thank you, God, that it's Holy Week. I pray, Lord God, that we can understand who we are in you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you just literally squish doubt and unbelief and all these things. Fear, shoot, even what Tim was saying. Bring, just crush fear, Lord. Help us to be the people that, is, that are living fully, fully in all that you have for us. Bless my brothers and my sisters. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be a light and a witness this week. In your name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.